0: Hey, Queiros. Cami here. Today on the show, we have stand-up comic, social media sensation, former kindergarten teacher, Joe Dombrowski. I loved talking to Joe. What a what a sweetheart! Like so inviting and had such such in- interesting things to say. Um, he is touring around, so you could go see him. Um, but you could also just listen to this show, and boy, won't that be a treat? Hey, if you want to support this show that you're listening to, the one you're listening to right now, you just go to patreon.com slash and you can support it right up. Also, is it before October 14th? I think so. In that case, I'll be in Salt Lake City on October 14th. So that's the final show I'm doing of we don't know how long, at least now, but maybe for, for fucking ever. I'm not sure. So, you know, Drive to Salt Lake. What, you live in Virginia? I don't care. Gas up that car and drive on over. Um, I shouldn't have said, um. enjoy the episode. <laughs> I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still on. Darling, I know, I know, I know it's careless. Uh, here we go. Let's talk to each other. I always have guests to introduce themselves. Will you introduce yourself?
1: Well, hey there. I'm Joe Dombrowski. <laughs> I'm a... Comic was a teacher, kindergarten teacher. So if I look like I'm 45, I'm actually only 32. But teaching will age you at the rate of cottage cheese. So there you go. <laughs> Does that work? Did it? Was that a good? Yeah, intro you did for a great my... <laughs> job.
0: You did a great job. It was uh, very funny. Um, all right, well, talk to me about being a preschool teacher.
1: It is. Um, I think psychotic is the best word to put into it. It's You never know what's going to happen, ever, at any point of any day. You have to be ready to do something that you've never done in your whole life before, right now. And, and that is, I'm pretty sure, what made me a better comic on top of it. I don't
0: think I knew that you were no longer doing that job. I mean, obviously, it's Teaching? also impossible to... Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It's also impossible to do, like two full-time jobs for the rest of your life. But right. I think I thought you were still teaching for some reason. I don't know. L- why that's what little known
1: fact. It's a very, that's a common misconception, but this is actually relatively new. So pre-pandemic, I took off to do, I was touring in Canada and I was like, okay, I'm going to take the year, but I was like on a, like a sabbatical, if you will. And then the pandemic happened and they didn't, I wasn't able to go back. And then I had all my shows ripped out from under me, had nothing to do and not teaching, which I do also love. I love teaching. Um, and then a kindergarten position opened down the street from me. And I just applied on a whim because I had the time and I wanted to do it and got it. Uh, but it was only for the rest of the school year because it was a COVID release, relief classroom to get class sizes smaller. So took it. It was amazing. And now that school year's over and I was back on tour. So I was just like, I think we're good
0: wow so yeah yeah, this is very recent
1: very this
0: is very recent also wait is it preschool or kindergarten kindergarten okay i you know why i'm confused my mom is a preschool teacher this is i'm just bringing my own human history to this conversation do you know how many comics have
1: teacher parents it's like is it it a lot oh astronomical
0: yeah and she she retired in covid like like retired in this in the dark, never coming back to school sort of a way because, you know, she worked with teeny kids and she's in her, in her 70s. And so it was, like, absolutely not safe to do right. in-person classes. And then kindergarten, like, there's definitely a version of that that you can do online, but, like, preschool is a whole other, <laughs> you know, it's, like, not, like, so translatable to a Zoom format. Yeah. Um,
1: Teaching so kindergarten yeah, she, online was... was- the pretty easy, is, right? Oh, Seems just so like easy. Oh my God. Can I just like vent for 1 second on this? Sure. I, yeah. I had just got done teaching kindergarten virtually. We we're about to move back into in person and I was doing press for my upcoming tour and this radio host says to me, "Well, what's it like having the easiest job in the world?" I was like, "Before I rip your heart out through your mouth through a phone. Let's take it back a couple steps." I was like Appalled.
0: I wonder if that person has kids.
1: I don't. I don't even care to know. And then he goes, and then he why, goes. Why
0: not? Because I feel like that's the kind of person that uses the word "babysit" to talk about their own children.
1: You know what? One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. You're on to that.
0: You see what I'm saying?
1: I do see. What you you're know saying. that guy. Far too but, well.
0: <laughs> but what else did what else did he say?
1: Well, then at the end of it, he's like, "Well, so I've like, I don't really." have too many credits outside of my own tours. So he's like, well, I'm on your IMDb and I don't really see much. And I was like, oh, that's funny. I didn't know who you were before I got on this call either. I was just like, don't try me.
0: So like a kind of a nice person.
1: Super nice. Very <laughs> accepting of all people. Clearly loved having diversity on his show that day. Well, actually,
0: can we talk about that for a 2nd You Let's know, go there. You have had si- social media success, mm-hmm. um, which in the specifically in like the stand up comic world is especially for somebody that's your age versus like if you were 23 I think it's different and new now but it is challenging to come in with like social media success but maybe not as much time um actually I don't even know how much time you were spending like in clubs and on the road I know that you've had social media success and it's different mm-hmm. in the stand up comedy world like that's a Sort of a double-edged sword where, like, I think, yes, people want to talk to you. People want to help your platform to help them or whatever. But in terms of something like IMDb credits, I mean, what's your experience with that? Being taken seriously as a comic, having had social media success, like, first, you know, before other Types of success. Do well, you I've get actually, what I'm asking?
1: Yeah, I've actually been doing comedy for 12 years. So I was doing it long before the right. social media was even popping or anything like that. So the common misconception about me is that I am just this social media star with a really big following coming into the club to like try stand-up, which I've been oh, that doing is it.
0: so challenging.
1: It's very challenging because you know, like all these, because so many other comics are jaded seeing it time and time again, where this person comes in, they sell out a room, they bring five good comics with them and they go do 10 minutes of like not great and they get like all the accolades for it, right? So that's what people think I am coming in. Then I come in and I like murder six. Yeah, I mean, I've minutes. seen you stuff. You're very
0: funny. Yeah. I think, I think I'm also talking about in terms of, you know, like where one has been spending those 12 years because if something is working on social media, like that doesn't necessarily translate to bookings on like traditional television programs it's not the the two have not like jojo siwa being (laughs) on like dancing with the stars like that's still in an experimental phase of people trying to figure out how like how to merge social media and television and she's like like, a mega 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 star so it's like a it's it feels like surely television can figure out how to deal with this but
1: (laughs) One with seemingly
0: eight. not, yeah, like yeah. it's like not necessarily been something that folks have been able to merge yet very successfully.
1: The, the weird part too about it is that um like with with doing well on social media too, people don't realize that there's like so many other facets behind that, like a lot of Wait, the setups and more. punch well, if I like a lot of the things that I make on social media seem like I'm just walking down the street talking, I wrote it, like I wrote it. Like it, like I'm a writer, you know. But people are just like, "Oh, look at him, like being a person." It's like we'll see. That's this thing. It's called acting, <laughs> you know. So like people just don't get it because that's what social media is. In the vast majority, right? So, um, it's interesting. yeah. That's
0: right. That's right. I mean, and I also think that other fields, like like drag or something like that, there's a little bit more. I don't know what you were describing about walking into this club and having people think a certain thing about you. I could totally imagine that. And that's probably like if you had asked me, what do do I think your experience is? I probably would have said the same thing because, you know, you're right. Comics are super it's a tough crowd. Like, it's it like comics themselves are it's a really brutal um, group of people that are very competitive and very like, I'd say in general kind of unwelcoming like as a <laughs> overall category character, uh, <laughs> characteristic um so yeah i could imagine that maybe it isn't always the easiest
1: i would I, you know the thing is too is it's a cult okay so i live in seattle now and like when i moved here to seattle there's like this whole concept of the seattle phrase where people just kind of like ice you out and i would say it's similar oh to God, that you never heard of this? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. It's so wild. So my partner got a, a job out here. And at the time, I was still just teaching full-time and doing comedy. So I was like, we can move there. So we're here. And um, yeah, people are like cold. It's, it's hard to like make a good group of friends. Like been here for four wow. years, just now feeling like that. And uh, that it's kind of like the same in comedy. In the sense of nobody's outwardly ever come up to me and like, you are terrible. You're not. A, you're certainly a, a, like, not. Yeah. It's not couple, like that. Right. But a couple people have said like, oh, like, well, you're not like a real comic or like something uh-huh. like that. And, and I'm to like, your
0: face, right to, and your to face. my face. And
1: I'm just like, <laughs> cool. Oh, that's <laughs> cool. Terrible. Right? Cool. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, wow. so that's been the experience. But what doesn't really make you stronger, right?
0: Sometimes. Sometimes it just sort of kills you. You know <laughs> what I mean?
1: <laughs> <So> <laughs> what doesn't kill kills you kills you slowly.
0: A, exactly. What doesn't kill you kills a little part of you that you mm-hmm. probably needed. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> Bring on the trauma. Let me write about it.
0: Where did you start 12 years ago?
1: Detroit. Is that where you're from? Yeah, I am. I am from. I thought tradition. you
0: were, yeah, Midwest. I'm yeah. Midwest well, I, yeah.
1: Kind of, can you hear it?
0: No, is I, I just just what it is? think I knew that.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. Detroit, Detroit, Michigan, which is also a grind because it's not it's not a comedy city. We have it, but it's not a comedy city. So I was my come up was driving forever to go to do ten minutes and right. and taking anything I could and still only getting up like twice a week for right. for a long time and then and then traveling and staying a weekend to pay me do three spots that weekend. So right. you know the, the saying is Detroit hustles harder, and it's true.
0: Well, that city in general, it, I'm sure, has, in the time that you live there, been through a lot of, a lot of massive changes. I know there's a there's a city right outside of Detroit, uh, Pontiac, that I've played a bunch of times. Like besides,
1: where'd you playing. play in
0: Pontiac? There is a club there. What is it called? Not a club, a like rock club, not like a comedy club, but like a rock club called uh-huh. the something with a balcony cool place (laughs) um it's actually beautiful i I wish i i'll I'll look it up what is it called music venue in pontiac michigan it's cool Um, i used to
1: teach right uh on the edge of pontiac it was my first job ever was in it's called kegel harbor which is a really really small city borders pontiac so i had a lot of students from pontiac
0: the crowfoot Crowfoot. crowfoot Yeah.
1: Yes! Oh, yes. They have a really awesome Halloween party there, actually. Well,
0: it's a beautiful venue, and it's, like, it has super nice vibes, but the reason I'm bringing it up is that um, it's in one of those downtowns where um, it's, like, it looks like Main Street, USA, from Disneyland, Um, and there's a zillion little mom-and-pop, like, drugstore and, you know, whatever, but um, most of the businesses are are closed. So there's there's like a pizza place that's open. I mean, I don't know what's I'm talking about a couple of years ago at this point. I don't know what's there now. But like there's like a pizza place that's open. Um, there's the Crowfoot, and then there's clearly a whole community there of people that once were served and worked at these businesses. And that's just, I don't know, it's like one example of like Detroit looks like that too, but even right outside of Detroit looks like a uh, sort of left behind zone from the auto industry and yeah. I have I mean I don't know what it's what's it like for what's it what was it like growing up there and and do you have family there still
1: so yeah so I was born in Detroit mainly raised just outside a suburb just outside of Detroit too and it is definitely that feels because we spent all of our time like in the city but it is a city that once was humongous and there's so and detroit is one of the largest cities in the country spatially but there's only pockets that like have things going on so you'll still be within city limits and there will just be like nothing like backyards in detroit are enormous just because there's so much space there so much unused space but now it's starting to have like this resurgence which is really starting with the food scene in detroit which is really cool to go back home and see and eat, which I love to do.
0: Yeah, I feel like I went to a vegan restaurant the last time I was there. That people were really excited. It was like near the art museum or something. Sounds right. um, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it was... uh, I guess I just bring all that up to say, you know, you can like read about something in the newspaper, but then it's a different thing when you're like, oh, no, I see what you're talking about. Um, And that's sort of the experience um, that I've had.
1: Totally in
0: Detroit or like even there's a big casino there the MGM,
1: MGM yeah
0: that I've also performed at and
1: did you like that one? it's got weird sound but it's a good it's a good place
0: yeah it was nice I did a I did a benefit there one time for the LGBT Center that's in um, Ruth
1: Ellis Detroit
0: Ruth Ellis which is so cool right? isn't it they do cool? such yeah. good work and they were honoring Lily Tomlin oh and wow so yeah, and so like I got to host the show that she was on, which was very cool because I got to bring my mom, and that's one of those ones where you're like, you know, your your mom, anybody's mom is a big Lily Tomlin fan, so. right?
1: So the original Lily, voice like, of Miss Frizzle, come on.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I think my mom may have been. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think she <laughs> liked her from like like they're the you know similar like from SNL, not right. as, from yes. Some- anyway. Yeah, yeah, from, from being a child, from being a young child. And uh, anyway, my mom was really excited to that Lily leaned over during my set and said, she's great. You know, like that, my mom was really <laughs> jazzed.
1: Is she watching you, Grace and Frankie?
0: I think she did watch Grace and Frankie. But, you know, maybe after, you know, because a, a mom can get really into, like, well, I met her. Now I got to watch the show.
1: You know? Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's my mom, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's very cute. Yeah.
0: Back for another game. You know it. What's going on?
1: Just one more week till Max Fun Drive.
0: <laughs> Hard to believe.
1: Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check.
0: What? Hang on. Well, I so you're going on a tour right now and I I know you've had some dates already. Yeah. How are how are you doing out there? How's Great. it going out there? How Fantastic. does it feel?
1: So you want To me, it real, feels real? dicey.
0: I've been out there a little bit and it feels a little dicey and scary. It is
1: it is dicey. How does scary. it feel to you? Well, I got COVID on my first one. My first Are you serious? Vac fully vaccinated, everything. First show, go out, boom, got COVID. And then had to cancel 18. 18 what? rebookings. Yes, I wanted to die. That feeling. Okay, here's the thing. Let me just like put this in. I wasn't. Okay, we're backing this up. Sure. I wasn't like a COVID like Flagrant by any means. Like I was a mask. I am a mask person. I'm a vax person. Like you, everyone you do you. That is my journey for me. So I'm like, okay, I think it's time we can do this. I go. I do my show. I wear my mask. I'm vaccinated. I'm feeling great. I don't wear my mask during the show, and then I do the show, and then like got COVID. But I can't say it was at the show. Like I traveled. I got on a plane. Like I went, but. Unfortunately, yes, had to cancel 18 shows, um, which really messes with your head. And really, I, 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 I had this feeling. Oh, and I got it really bad, by the way. Like, not.
0: How long ago was this?
1: Uh, Like a month and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, and I. Hi. I, I, hi. I, so my tour manager got it also, but he just had like a little sniffle. Meanwhile, I'm like in bed in a pool of sweat shaking uncontrollably like it it was bad like if I was I would have been one of those people who had I not been vaccinated with like a young person on a ventilator for sure um but having those shows taken away from me really made me realize like how fragile really life truly is and like the things that you love can just like get pulled under your your feet on with no notice and it like it did it freaked me out so I've like rechanged a lot of what I do how I do it like my shows tonight are in Tacoma. I'm in Seattle. I can like drive myself there and and everything like that. So I feel a little bit better about that. But it's still always in the back of my head, and it was horrible. It was horrible. Really well, weird, eye opening experience. Thanks, I appreciate that. A lot of people don't say that when I when I tell them the story because it it sounds like I'm complaining, but it it was actually like I love like comedy is like my life. Like I love it, and then it was just gone. But you sure, get that. I mean, you get that.
0: Well, I also will say that, like, for me, I, you know, like, I'm wearing a mask um, backstage and I'm playing at venues where people are um, vaccinated and masked. And then, like, I'm also asking if they're, like, away from the stage. I did a couple of shows, not a couple, one show where um, it was at a club and, like, the way that a rock club, a lot of the places I'm playing are theaters, and in a theater, the uh, stage is higher and the audience is lower. And so it doesn't feel like you're necessarily like on the same plane with anybody right. um, that you're facing. And I did, a, I did like a club and the folks, it just felt like they were like way too close and that we were on the same plane. And I asked the club to move them back for any additional shows. And so then they were like, Really far away from the stage, which was helpful to me, um, but also strange because they were really far away from the stage, but still, like, um, preferred. Anyway, I'm not doing as many dates as you're doing because I don't even have 18 dates to cancel. But (laughs) I have been wondering, you know, like, okay, even with these, like, I just don't think it's very, I will say, I don't think I should be a one-person health department. deciding what is and isn't safe. And, you know, the stuff that I booked, I booked like right before Delta resurged and Uh then I'm playing these places or surged at all. um, And and then I'm playing these places that are taking precautions, but it does feel like confusing, you know, because there isn't a ton of like, you know, other than that, I've been doing mostly stay home or like I'll see friends for, an outdoor dinner or for walking, very small groups of people. And so this is a big change in what I'm doing. And I don't know what we're supposed to be doing because none of the stuff that I'm doing is anything that any local health department says anything but two thumbs up to. Yeah. So then it's very confusing because it's like, is this actually okay? Like what, like what is actually okay? I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if you went through that in your mind, but I. I that's I, what I've been really
1: struggling with. I totally with. went through that, especially with other shows too, where again, I don't feel like I should have to be a one person health department either, but there are shows where then like, I'm talking to my reps and I'm like, okay, so it's like show vax card audience wears mask. And they're like, no. And I'm like, so like, we're going to, we're going to ask that we're going to make that happen. Right. And then. It is weird to think that, like, this place hasn't been doing that. It's just, it is a really strange, it's a strange feeling and a very strange time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So you have more coming up. You're in Tacoma tonight.
1: I am in Tacoma. Yes, I am in Tacoma tonight. And then I am off for three weeks Um, before I hit San Diego.
0: Hmm and i mean do you feel like the reasoning for going out right now even though it's dicey or or whatever is it that like this is your job and you need to make money 100% or is it is that what it is
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: i mean that's true yeah,
1: <laughs> like, yeah. like that's
0: that's a real thing yeah that's a real thing
1: yeah and it that was that was a weird too because um so during quarantine too my when i was teaching my presence with what I was doing in teaching was a little bit of a distraction knowing that I had such a huge following and I am a comic and uh there wasn't even
0: think of that right
1: right so then there was the option to go back and I made that decision because I'm like well I gotta I'm like tackling my goals and my dreams by doing this but it's not appropriate for me to be in the classroom after just like doing a city over a weekend and coming back and doing that like I don't want the parents, families to feel like that. They're already dropping off their five-year-old to you. They're worried enough. I don't need them worrying about that too. So it was actually like my call to do that.
0: That's, that's interesting. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm also curious. I have no idea what this is like, but like queerness in the classroom. Is that, what is that vibe?
1: Uh, <laughs> it was... How much time do you got?
0: <laughs> I got, uh, yeah, let's yeah. see, tw- I got 38 minutes.
1: <laughs> Great. It is so challenging and so under-talked about. Like, the experience of, like, a gay person or or anyone in, like, the rainbow spectrum as an educator is so hard because there's this immediate uh, weird, like, lingerance of, like, pedophilia, which is not, like, true. I mean, I remember
0: that. I think that, you know, I think... I talk about it on this show a lot because I think it's interesting that we, like, don't talk about— That just—that, like, like the fearmongers, like, moved on to, like, trans kids in sports and, like, bathroom stuff. There, you know, there's a zillion other things that are, like, Antifa. Like, there's just, like, a right. zillion other things that have moved forward. But in my youth, this, like, you can't have queer people in the Boy Scouts or— as coaches or as teachers, because they're all pedophiles, right. was fully like a uh, not, like it was like an open, like open. It wasn't like whispers.
1: No, it was no, like it wasn't openly what still, was discussed. It's yeah. still not whispers. So yeah. it it is um, it's a battle too. Okay, so then I didn't. I was out, fully out, ready to teach, and then like my. Uh, teaching department at the university is that started telling me things like you know we love you like like, bring it back and like you don't want to tell people and like you don't want to like pictures of you and like your partners like like we went through your facebook and like we saw you're at like gay clubs and like stuff like that so for about five or six years i went back into the closet professionally which i'm like battling this double life again that i've been out of and um then i just said screw it and kind of like was my authentic self. And then I started to like blow up a little bit. And I can't even begin to tell you how many times like a queer person somewhere in the world who's teaching will write me and just say, like, seeing you do this and be yourself gives me hope that what I'm doing is okay because the words get into my head sometimes. And that is disgusting to me because There are humans in this world. It doesn't matter who you are, what you are, anything like that. There are people in this world who are meant to work with kids who make that conscious choice because they have the heart to do it and because they're going to do it because they love it. And it pays shit. And we're actually going to, as a society, there are people who are going to turn those people away just because of who they are. Like it is, I will never be able to wrap my head around it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I hear you. Um, Actually, just this week, the week that we're talking, uh, my high school, you know, I went to Catholic, a conservative Catholic high school, and my high school was, like, in the news um, because they rescinded an offer to a coach who was actually, this person was a student at at my high school a year younger than me, and she was offered a position as a coach and then filled out her wife as her emergency contact, and they... um, took away their offer of employment. And there were huge protests. Um, students were wanting to wear rainbows to school and protest. And then the head of school wrote like an open letter to all the students and like it to media also about like how confusing rainbows are to high school students. And like, please don't wear rainbows because like, that's like not obviously a, um, a symbol we can unify behind because it, um, it isn't like as clear as a crucifix. So if you would, instead of wearing rainbows, if you would just wear a crucifix, that would be great. Um, and it, this actually, Ugh. it turned into a whole thing. And there was a bunch of um, press coverage, which I, I got a little bit involved in because I wanted to, to say as a queer person who was, I'm you know, fully an adult mm-hmm. and I went to this school. So it's like for the kids that are there now, I felt a real responsibility not just for this coach but for the students that are there to advocate for them and be an adult that's speaking out about how awful this is and that like the messaging is is damaging and um and harmful to mm-hmm. young people and anyway um because of that the they re-offered this coach this job this like all happened this week and she took it oh and i'm very happy that she did for her sake and then also for students at that school but it was it's an ongoing thing and to know that your school feels that way about you um as a student is a terrible feeling and i would imagine also you know as an educator to know that parents may feel that way about you or that your school might feel that way about you that you're not good enough i mean it's the messaging is um is so damaging like i i still am affected by by the messaging that i was gross and sinful and and wrong and like would never have a positive future because it just once it gets in there it's just in there and um anyway it really matters that you work in education is what i'm trying to say or Thank anybody you. that you did work and anybody that's currently working it really matters because it's Something that I didn't ever get a chance to see. and I know it would have changed my life to see that there was somebody yeah. who had who was like me
1: who what I, could I respect? what I think to. too is that it's like um every, and this is great. Uh, everybody focuses on the kids. like they don't want or people don't want gay people in the classroom because of the kids, right? So my platform is all about like the adult, the teacher. and like just as much as we talk about, I actually went to Catholic kind of, like, elementary school. Too, uh, for a while, and still those feelings re- like stick with me. I have those experiences. they'll never leave my brain. It's the same as an adult gay person working that uh, environment all over again, and like it is trauma, and it is wrong. So I always use my platform to really advocate for like the adults because like if there's a uh, a clinical child psychologist who I follow very closely, her name is Dr. Jody Carrington, and she always says um we can't hold our babies until someone's holding the adult too which makes me feel like if i'm able to get to the teachers and show them like this is okay like you're good they're safe then they're going to be in a better mindset to provide to the kids that they're servicing and that's really yeah, where that my motivation sense. comes from
0: yeah i mean i think i mean that makes sense i i uh i never thought of it that way you know i briefly worked in education myself and i just i don't think i had a chance to yet feel the things that you're talking about. Although I absolutely believe you that those things are, are happening and that they're there. Um, so I think that's why my mind goes to the students. Cause that's like who I can relate to the most. Right. Um, but you know what, if you wouldn't mind, like what, what specifically are you talking about? Like what kinds of experiences are you, are you really talking about? So
1: like one of the things that nobody would ever see or talk about is the fact that I would walk into every other teacher's room and see a shelf of their whole family that they're wow. displaying for the kids and talking about their family. And, and in detail, the class knows about their life outside of classroom and sees them who they are as a person, right? And to know that you can never do that. And that leads to questions. The kids start asking questions. They're like, well, where is your wife? Like, what is your wife's name? Like they all have. So you, and it's like, how do you like do that dance? And when a kid asks you like, where's your wife? Do you panic because you could answer this wrong and lose everything that you've worked so hard for? And that is an unreal, out-of-body experience that you have to handle in milliseconds. And it's it's just... um wild. And then, you know, more obvious, more visible things are, you know, parents who will just like straight up say things to you about it. Like you have I had a parent. I had a, okay. I had a student who wanted, I was in charge of the talent show. Shocking. <laughs> and I had a student, a male student who really wanted to sing, let it go. So I'm from Frozen and I was like, go for it. Like, this is great. Like live your best life. Right. And the parent pulled him from it the night of And he was devastated. And she came to me and she was like, my son will not be a product of your agenda.
0: Oh my God.
1: Yeah. And it's just like...
0: Oh my God.
1: But here's the craziest part. Until that point, I had never thought of that. I never thought of it until she said it. Even when he got pulled, I was even like, oh, that's weird. He must be sick. Like something's happening. Maybe something's going on at home. I was just allowing a kid to do what they like and be themselves. Like I didn't even think, like, oh, he's breaking gender norms. This is great. Didn't even think of it. I was just allowing him to be a kid. And then yeah. she came and said that, and I was like, and this is where we're at. And this, mind you, was only like ten years ago. Like not. Oh, even... Oh, I
0: would have. I would even believe you. Yeah, that it was more recent than that. yesterday. I mean, you yeah, know, it's so funny. I. I've certainly talked about this on this show before, but when I was a little kid, there was a, there was a school play that was called in quest of Columbus. And this is, you know, this is in a, in a white time in our, uh, in our white history, when Columbus was two thumbs up in terms of uh, school, in terms of teachings in school. And so the, even though Christopher Columbus was in this play and it was like about a group of time traveling students and me- there were many roles that had like a lot of lines, but then there was Christopher Columbus, who I think had like four lines or something like that, but was the titular character. It's Christopher Columbus. <laughs> and I went and auditioned for this play for the role of Christopher Columbus after school, like by myself. I, I used to walk to school in in grade school and um, the teachers called my parents. Oh. To be like, hey, Cameron has auditioned for the role of Christopher Columbus. What do you want us to do about this? And my parents <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> was she good?
1: <laughs> oh, And they said,
0: yeah, she's okay. She's good. So they were like, all right, well, then give her the role. And But the school wouldn't let me play Christopher Columbus by myself. So there was a boy that played in half of the... Bob played in half of the performances and I played in the other half. And I also wore my mom's. My mom had these boots that look like the boots that Julia Roberts wears in Pretty Woman. I don't know why she had these boots, Can I that's, have, what, um... that's what I wore to be honest with Columbus because they were like, <laughs> they were like suede and I thought they were very fancy. Um, anyway, I look back on this and I am very curious what like the rest of the school, cause this was like not ch- how, like, this was like not chill. Like people were not, this was not like, <laughs> like I was doing this, but this is not what people were doing. And I love that my parents, you know, said, was she good? And then, and then that I did it, but also like, I can't even imagine what the other parents were thinking, you know, like gendered stuff is like so affirmed in schooling So important to many parents, many school systems, like making sure that things are, you know, that I can imagine if you're a teacher that falls outside of that, that, yeah, the same, the same things apply.
1: It's 100%. It's 100%. And then furthermore, like, I can't even, like, get through this sentence without just, like, really feeling it. Like, I hurdles in my stomach when I have to think about like our trans teachers our like our non-binary teachers who just want to like live their truths in the classroom and take care of kids because they care about them and people will like judge that person when really they just like like look at the heart like just like look at the person's heart and like it blows my mind that people just can't do that. It's I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I determined to change it.
0: Well, I don't know very many. I mean, I don't even feel like we've heard like in sort of a national conversation sort of a way a ton of information about like trans teachers. I feel like non-binary Teacher teachers of the I'm, year I'm, this
1: past I'm, year is uh, a trans man that I went to high school with, which was oh wow, that's like, awesome for for the state of Michigan and for the country like that was huge this past year sorry i didn't mean wow to that's really right amazing
0: there. no i just feel like it's like that to me is indicative of maybe how rare that currently is that it, that a teacher is able to have that support and come out and like and be themselves because i don't even feel like we're, that that's part of i don't even hear backlash against that yet which i think means not that those people aren't there not that there aren't wonderful trans folks who like want to be teachers or who already are trans or who already are teachers and, and are trans, but more so that like it's maybe more more similar to what you're talking about that that you know choice to be cl- closeted or to leave the profession um, because yeah that's not even that's not even something I hear people pissed off about that that doesn't mean it's not there it means it's no, yeah. it means it's too dangerous
1: yeah yeah absolutely absolutely which is sad
0: yeah that is sad wow. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, this, I love this conversation also because, you know, I love that you and I have stand-up in common, but I really think that, you know, there's so many different types of people that listen to this show. And I think a lot of times when things are really show busy and I like to get, you know, like a, like a big deal, uh, actor on and talk about acting town, but like the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to talk about stand up if you would like to know more stand up. But I think that really this stuff about being a queer person that's navigating a, a world that doesn't get as much coverage as say, you know, the stand up world does, I think this is what's really valuable often to our listeners. Cause like this is these are the lives that, you know, people are living that listen to this show. It's I don't have like hey, I hey, there are there are some there are some industry folks who listen to this show who are my friends. <laughs> but most people i think are just living a different life than the touring stuff that we were talking about earlier
1: that's why i do what i do too like when i'm making jokes about being a gay teacher i'm really targeting people who are not teachers so they can like laugh and like laugh with me and then they go back in their car and they're like that's messed up like we got to do something about that so like that's exactly what i'm telling you too like when i'm the people who you would least expect or who i hope to target
0: yeah so when you would be asked about by students and then also by parents and maybe it's a different answer what would you say when people would ask about your you know are you married if you have a, a wife especially like a kindergartner like i just can so see that as like a it's a very like repetitive age where you like want a lot of information and you want to find out where everybody stands. It's, it makes sense that you would maybe be asked about that. Oh, constantly. Um, so yep. what would you say?
1: I was very, I was a master deflector. So my number one thing was someone said like, where's your wife? I'd say a wife and he'd say, yeah, I go, I don't even have time to take care of myself and then just wow. leave it. Yeah. I, I could never, I could never, uh, I could never say, like, I don't have a wife and, like, then have to, like, buy into this lie. I always was like, don't lie, just deflect, which is what I right. did, like, all the time. But it was even harder when the parents would do it. Yeah, what would you say
0: to the parents?
1: Oh, well, sometimes... And also, parents
0: to, like, are very nosy, right?
1: Like. Very, very, They're asking
0: lots of questions also. Yes.
1: Parents would try to set me up with their niece or oh, them no. or whatever. Oh. And I was just like, oh, God, here we go. And I would just have to say, oh, I'm not really dating right now. I'm just like focusing on myself or oh, I got a lot going on or something like that. But then it would go even further. Like, are you sure? Like, you like really like, it's like kill it out there. Like, have you been here? And like, there's so many girls and like girls, what? Like, do you hear me talk? Like, what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> what's happening here? But uh, just, it was always a deflection. It was always a deflection. And then once I, um, like, really fully, fully was, like, o- okay with it, and I realized, like, I can support myself if this doesn't, if something happens here, like, I'm strong enough to, like, fight the battle. And I started just answering it flat out. People would be like, do you have a wife? And then it changed. No, I actually I live with my partner. His name is Morgan. And then eventually that was this is Morgan. Here's a picture of him. And now now Morgan like will come read to my class or would when I was in there. So and the the thing with kids is is they don't know any different until you like teach them. So even in kindergarten they I'd be like oh this is my partner Morgan and they'd be like what's that? And I'm like oh well we live together like we love each other we're working on starting our family and they're just like okay cool. Like, can I have fun? Like they're just like they don't know until you teach them otherwise. So that was really special to be a part of that. And then I went as Miss Frizzle for Halloween. And that was Oh my two.
0: God, wait, tell me.
1: <laughs> I'll show you. How, it was did, like, how did it go? I didn't just go as Miss Frizzle, like girl, I was Miss Frizzle. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was amazing and uh just like huge praise and lots of fun. This is gonna take a second to bring up. But um, I don't know, everyone, it was like really, w- really well received at that time. Um, and it, it was just kind of like my stick it to you moment a little bit where it's like, I'm just going to like be fully me. And that was around the time when I started to get lots and lots and lots of gay teacher fans, followers, and a lot of like fan mail and stuff.
0: Oh my god, you look so
1: cute! (laughs) And then that—will you send me that? Wait, check out this video so
0: that. Oh yes,
1: wait for it, wait for it. Oh my god, what? Oh my god, what? It's a cape. What? Her skirt's a cape. That part stayed on at school, but yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you should
0: send us that so we can post it, please. Yeah, no
1: problem, no problem.
0: Um, when when you would. Did you, then did you get actual pushback? I mean, the, the thing that you were saying this like agenda conversation with the parent, but if you're saying, you know, to a parent, like at a, whatever parent conference or whatever it is, and you know, you're asked this question and then you say, I have a partner, Morgan and you know, did, what was that experience like? How was that received?
1: God, you know, I feel like my confidence really set itself. Like, don't ah, try uh-huh. me, you know, like, yeah, yeah. like don't, don't come for me. And it was never not, it was, it was a few times not well-received, but at this point in my career, I'd kind of like made a name for myself in education, in the school, as a person who very much does his job, does it well and cares about the kids. So a couple of times when a parent would like bring it up, my principals were like, and no. Right. So, wow. so, so then But it was those formative years when I was a brand new teacher and I knew I could lose everything at every moment. Like nobody really cares about what I'm doing. Like I have no uh, legs to stand on. That was when I was really like in the closet the most.
0: And where were you working at the time? Because you weren't living in Seattle then. Where were you working?
1: So I started my career just outside of Pontiac at Kegel Harbor. The district was West Bloomfield School District. And then I taught in Royal Oak, Michigan. Oh, I've been Royal Oak. Yeah. uh, Did you do um, Mark Ridley's or Royal Oak Music Hall?
0: What's the... Is there a big outdoor
1: venue there? Huh. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Okay. Um,
0: uh, Don't worry. I'll get you the info so we can chat about it further. Yeah.
1: I need it. Um, Maybe the
0: music hall anyway, but yeah, keep going. And then
1: I, then uh, I was most closeted those years. And then I moved to Chicago, taught in Chicago. And then that's when I really was like, I'm fine. So I lived in Lakeview and uh, Uh which was dangerous because my uncle owned a bar literally one block from (laughs) my apartment. So I would drive out there to teach there every single day and um, was like living my best life was like totally who I am. And I actually um, experienced a little bit of a, I don't know if you would call this a a hate crime, but it was the last day of um, school and we all went to a bar in that community. And I was just like dancing like with my teacher friends and was like physically kicked out and pushed out of the place and called... The word and wow yeah and i was like this is ridiculous like in this here what and uh and that's when we knew we were coming to seattle and seattle is like you you can't be different here bit of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: a little bit of a different vibe
1: way different vibe a so, little bit it, of a different vibe yeah yeah where yeah. are you from in chicago
0: not so far from where you're talking about actually um
1: is that it <laughs> uh, i'm
0: from western springs oh but, okay um i uh anyway i you know i didn't go to i wasn't was this set up just you were did you teach at public schools your whole time that you were a teacher
1: yeah the only yeah. time i didn't teach for at a public school was uh the kindergarten job that i just did was the first time that i didn't
0: and w- what was that at, at a Catholic? School? What other no, schools are there? At just, a what kind of school? Montessori? Montessori no, school? No, no, what schools just, are
1: there? What just, uh, school? What are schools? <laughs> I guess this is gonna sound weird, but a public private school, like oh, like yeah, just tuition didn't matter who you were or what you were, like just you could pay the tuition. Got it. It's very very expensive. Very very elite. Very an elite, very expensive. It, an it, elite
0: it's, private school. A private school.
1: Cameron, let me tell you.
0: A non denominational
1: private school
0: elite private school
1: and when you teach there in seattle like i thought i knew what money was and then i was like oh that is money oh okay people
0: have microsoft money what would what it what's the
1: microsoft amazon yeah like anything that has a tech battery attached to it is here and mm-hmm. it was just like the things that they would do and some parents were just like so 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 unbelievably generous where i like couldn't believe like a girl got me a a sh- a, sh- a beautiful shirt for my birthday. And I was like, I never get birthday presents from students. And I had <laughs> never heard of this store before. It was just one size too small. It was very kind of her. And I went and I returned it to get a bigger size and this shirt was $175. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> like, this what a insane. nice candle
0: they gave you when they gave you that shirt. Oh, I'm you want to talk about to the you. candle? I found the yeah. I got
1: a candle too. It was two hundred dollars. I'm like, what? Insane.
0: Oh come yes. on! It I was
1: remember. in like glass. Blo- Hold on, I'm gonna grab oh it for you really quick. Oh
0: my god, what? You got two hundred dollar candle? Dang, Seattle's not messing around. I mean, that's the thing. What's? Let me see this two hundred dollar candle. What's it got? What do you got? Oh, okay.
1: Like, so this is just like, it's this glass company out here, like just like privately owned, but like ver- these are like collectible. Um, I mean, candle holders. I,
0: you know, I mean, it's beautiful. I also, I, I, would, I wouldn't have said, I wouldn't have said $200.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't have ever bought this for myself. I'm very grateful yeah. to have this. And this one's actually special. Yellow is my favorite color. And when the kid gave it to me, I, he gave me it in a bag. And I go, is this for me? He goes, yeah. I go, oh. And he goes, it's a candle holder and it's yellow. Your favorite. I didn't even open it yet. I'm like, that's so cute. But these are, these are amazing. Like, I would never buy this for myself. I'm very grateful to have it. But I'm like, that's a lot of money.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. 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 I understand. I don't know why this is true. I've lived many lives. But for a brief period of time, I... um well, I, like I worked in education when I was in my early 20s. So
1: so what was that? Because what like did you do in education?
0: Um, like I worked in special ed. I worked oh. as a teacher's aide in a, a school um, that was like a special ed school Okay. Um, um, for disabled kids. And then mm-hmm. I worked at, in special ed at a public high school that was for anybody. Um, and that was like more as a tutor for folks who were on IEPs, individualized education plans. And so anyway, I was going back to get my master's in social work because I wanted to be a school counselor that worked with um, that worked in special ed specifically. But then I did stand up comedy instead because that's what I was doing at the time. At, <laughs> I, during all of that, during all of that, I was doing comedy at night um
1: i know that life
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and then i and then i also for a brief period of time anyway through that it doesn't matter this is all just to say i have no idea why this is true but there was a period of time like i did that and i met somebody who this was true for but then i also was in the circus for a little while we don't know i joe that i've just had a lot of lives and when i was in the circus there was also for some reason i have at two times in my life known people who were like early microsoft employees oh no like two that. different groups of people who are because they because when i worked with some of them um when i w- worked in special ed and then i worked with some of them when i worked in the circus <laughs> and i have known two different in my life groups of early microsoft employees who both lived in seattle they all lived in seattle and they had like they were like employee 35 or whatever you know or like employee 52 wow. and so some of them Worked in education because they were like, well, I actually don't need to make money for the rest of my life. So that's what I'll do. And then some of them were circus performers because they were also like, I don't. And, you know, by the way, some circus performers really do need to make their living that way. I'm just saying that I saw a bit of a uh, two roads in a yellow wood where people didn't need to make money for the rest of their life because they were pre-100 Microsoft employees. That is and unbelievable. And so they just could figure out what they want to do for the rest of their life, and they chose really different things to do. Isn't it unbelievable? Isn't That's, it fascinating? Also, don't know why so... I have known. I have known. I've had many lives, but yes,
1: I life is wild. It. So I want. I need to ask you this. So are we talking like <laughs> set up in a Target parking lot circus, or like circus du Soleil? <laughs>
0: No, it's a great question. Um, it's 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 more Cirque du Soleil. Okay. <laughs> um, although although the Target parking lot circus, there could be some overlap. It was I, when I was living in Chicago and I was a stand-up comic, I knew these women who were acrobats and circus performers, clowns and stuff like that. And they were training because that's a it's contract work. Mm-hmm. Like you get hired by Cirque du Soleil, but it's a contract for, you know certain number of weeks or a certain number of years or whatever. Um, but also people can get contracts to work in China or Europe, but they're like limited. And so in between that you have to live somewhere and you have to train while you live there. And so there was a group of folks that lived in Chicago and trained together and folks moved from different places in the, cause like it's a small community. Everybody knows each other. Folks moved, relocated to Chicago and they created this like group of training partners and, um, And those people went on tour together and did local shows at a warehouse in Chicago. And I traveled with them um, all over the country, actually.
1: We're making a documentary about this. (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: really interesting, isn't it? Their lives are so interesting. Yeah, yes, yes.
1: Yes. I love that. But because
0: of that, then I've I've met people who did circus like all over the country because I traveled with them a lot. Um, And it's one of those things where like, you would never know that anybody does it in every major city. But once you're like traveling with the circus, then everybody's like, oh, yeah, just stepping from behind out <laughs> of alleys and like, I also am, a I also, yes,
1: yes, you know, yes, and it's, yes.
0: uh, it was awesome.
1: <laughs> I had the gayest part time job too. Come on, I was tell teaching me, what too. So I was a teacher and then I was doing stand up at night and there was an in between, which was pre and post teaching. I was a spin cycle instructor.
0: Oh my God, are you serious? Oh,
1: and girl, I was wow. amazing at it. Like wow. I was so good at it.
0: Wow. Yeah. How is your um bod? Does that wreck your bod? after a while or like no no. i
1: was i was like snatched like literally i've never looked so good when i met my partner i was actually teaching which i'm like those pictures i look great when we first met but it i also (laughs) am riddled with adhd and i have the metabolism of a hamster so doing this was just a great outlet for me to do pre-show so i would like work do it shower go to a set and it was like the best oh feeling ever.
0: My God!
1: Plus, all and these. W- what
0: age were you when you were doing this?
1: Twi- I, I stopped it at probably like twenty, like six. Which like I,
0: honestly, let's be let's be really honest with each other. That's the last year your body could do that. Like when last. I was in my early twenties, I did. I definitely had. I had a day job that I worked forty hours a week, and I had a night job that I worked forty hours a week, and I just thought, yes. That's what we do. We work 80 hours a week.
1: Yeah, like, that's what we do.
0: That's what we do. You know, mm-hmm. we like between them, I would walk from one job to the other, take an hour. So it's like getting my steps in or whatever and and then off to bed. And, then, like, eat some disgust, <laughs> like, eat a Snickers.
1: And sleep, like, for whatever, three like, hours. Like, and then sometimes go out and drink <laughs> and then be able to do it all again. Absolutely. Like, could never. could ne- uh, After my show last night, people were like, you want to go grab a drink? I'm like, here's the thing. No. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go to bed.
0: <laughs> do you, can you, do you ride, do you do that now? Do you, like, do spin classes now?
1: Yeah, like, I do, like, Peloton and stuff, like, yeah. by myself. But I would never, like, teach it now. I could, but I. Don't, because honestly, I don't. Because I'm like so good at it that I like don't want Peloton to be like, "Will you do it?" Not to toot my own horn, but Got I'm it. like great at like. So but,
0: you're worried that you have all these hopes and dreams in the stand-up world, but the second that Peloton <laughs> sees you,
1: they're gonna be it's going like, to be like him. you are Microsoft mm-hmm. employee 25
0: and you can't and you have to retire.
1: <laughs> How arrogant of me! But yes, but like here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was good at like the, the fitness side of things, which also fitness How is tall like a are you? 6'3".
0: Yeah, this is, this is why it's tough to have this conversation because like, yeah, congrats, my dude. Like, I'm so happy that cycling works for you. I'm 5'4", man. I'm out yeah. there. I'm trying, <laughs> my dude. I'm trying. I you can't know, wait like, till we get a picture when next I, to each other. Absolutely. When I go get a bike, like I went and bought a bike recently and it's, you know, you got to get, you gotta go to like the baby bike section. You gotta, they gotta go, okay, well, we got three bikes that are that size. So just won't pick from one of those three. Cause then the rest of them are normal sizes.
1: <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: No, congrats. Don't That's what me. I'm saying.
1: It was fun. But here's the thing I, I will openly say this. Majority of the time, fitness is a scam, a scam, <gasps> a scam. A scam. A scam. I had no business teaching a fitness class. I went to a three hour workshop and got certified. I have never studied this. I don't know what, like all these, I had these people up on this bike doing some crazy. I one time got them on one pedal, just like going like this. I'm like, this is not safe or right. And I'm pretty sure this gym doesn't have enough liability insurance to like pay for what I'm serving, but it was amazing. And the reason I was so good at it was all personality. I was just like, acting i was like doing a set in front of them just super high and i'm sure but but the anybody like you could do it tomorrow you could you could pay a hundred bucks get certified and like do it tomorrow isn't that crazy but,
0: you know the thing is is like at this point in my life i don't want to lead a fitness class thank you i don't want to do that <laughs> but i do actually go to them for the first time in my life
1: um you do you know, like fully
0: them? yes but i only started going a couple years ago um this is so embarrassing but it's true it's not embarrassing it's fine I, I go to the bar method and other oh, yeah. like, bar ballet classes um, because I have a lot of ballet training from when I was a little kid and it was also super traumatic. But mm. as an adult, we can reclaim that and be in spaces that, you know, used to be terrifying to us. And that's been really wonderful and healing. I like avoided group fitness forever because I was because I didn't want to feel like such a weirdo. I felt like such a weird goon when I was a kid. Like, something's really wrong with my gender and everybody knows. But now I'm just, like, the only person who looks like this in every Bar Method class. And that's fine with me. And it's actually fine with me. I did go to... They did throw a pride class this year. And I did go. And it was me and the instructor. And then one person who didn't realize it was a pride class. And I was wearing fully, like, a rainbow outfit. And you know what? I stayed. I stayed and I did the class. Yes, you
1: did. And
0: so we can... Growth is possible. You know what if, I mean?
1: If that was cathartic for you, I think I need to sign up for like club football or something.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we don't know what Oh my we can God, reclaim.
1: my skin is crawling. Like I'm scared <laughs> to even talking about it. I should yeah, probably do it.
0: <laughs> you know, it's been cool to like, to, yeah, to face my fears. But you know, it is the end of our freaking time talking, which is actually a true bummer for me because I've really loved talking with you and I feel I've like I could talk to you, you for like a very long time. Um, so before I send you back into your day, can I ask you to shout out a queero, which is a person, place, or thing that made you feel that you could be who you are today?
1: Oh, it doesn't have to be a human. It can be a...
0: No, it could be like a movie, or it could be a bar, or it could be a non-bar.
1: Yes. Okay. Give me like 14 seconds. Oh. I've thought, I figured it out. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna take this back. All right to something that we talked about earlier in this conversation. And it was a moment when I really realized that I was different and I was gay. And it was when I saw Julia Roberts walk out in that two-piece prostitute outfit in the movie Pretty Woman when I was a little kid and realizing that I loved it, but not like in a boner way, in like, I want to wear that way. And it was, like, then when I started, like, looking at, like, the women's fashion, and much like Charlie, Dolly Parton, I was, like, in love with any sort of, like, hoochie sort of look, like, very prostituting oh, yeah. like, and I just, like, lived it and loved it, and I had a secret notebook where I would draw these outfits, like, all over, so my, oh my parents, when my parents found it, they thought that I might be heterosexual, but really, I just, like, wanted to wear
0: oh my god
1: and because of that my craft was and many gay men did this too i started making um in private dresses out of my sheets in my bedroom and now before almost every single one of my shows i take the hotel sheets off the bed and i I whip up a dress and i put it on my instagram and there's actually a thread and the highlights reel of pre-show br- blanket looks that you can go look at on my Instagram with oh. all these amazing dresses that I Oh
0: my made. god. Yeah. That
1: is that, yeah. I love this. That. So that's that's my moment. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. That is it's an really art beautiful. Form. Oh my Thanks. god. <laughs> I'm really I'm trying to think of what I was like I was in Gary Marshall's last movie before he died and you know he made the film Pretty mm-hmm. Woman. Mhm. And Talk to me a little bit about making it. And one thing that was so wild was him talking, like hearing the man himself talk about like how important it was to make that a family-friendly film and like all the ways that they did that. And I I mean, it worked. Like, first of all, Gary is a really nice man. But second of all, they did it. Like, it's amazing. Like looking back on it from where we are today, that is, that might be one of cinema's greater achievements that is often unsung is that they, they did actually make that a family friendly film. And I think that the family friendliness doesn't hold up. Like mm-hmm. I, I was watching it not too long ago it in a hotel room. I didn't put my, I hadn't put my blanket dress on yet, but I was about to go perform and I was watching it. and I was like, Oh yeah. Like this wouldn't, we just wouldn't be <laughs> no. family friendly today. Like we couldn't have this funny part be family friendly, but like, at the time like they really did it and
1: did you watch the really movies did that did made it. us on Netflix no they have an episode that- all about all about this movie and like how it came to be and it's like yes it'll suck you right in it's great
0: okay I can't wait awesome it's great. well Joe you're a delight and thanks for having
1: me this was so much fun I loved it Yeah, it was really fun